Hello, welcome to episode nine of the Accepted Authority podcast, where we talk about how to solve common growth challenges in consulting. I'm Andy Marmont. And I'm Greg Roworth. And this week, we are going to be talking about how do you demonstrate your expertise and the reason why we're doing that is because, Greg, you found a fantastic study that correlates rapid growth to being able to do that effectively. So I thought, let's pull that apart. Let's share what we've learned and come up with some, hopefully, some ideas we can all use moving forward. What, what about it? Yeah, ab- absolutely. I think, um, yeah, great piece of research and um, our firm I really respect. Hinge Marketing did a um, research study or can, you know, basically a series of uh, research studies over a nine-year period. And um, what they found was very interesting and, and really confirmed what we already know, but it's Great to have it in black and white, you know, the statistics proving, you know, what we, you know, know from our experience. But what they found in the study is that, um, that when um, or buyers of professional services are looking to, to buy the services, what they value more than anything else is the expertise of the service provider. Um, so, you know, they talk about, you know, things like customer service, the relationship, the um, uh, level of expertise, the price, um, you know, what, but what stands out amongst all those factors is that expertise demonstrated and shown by the, um, the, the firm, um, you know, during that search and selection process. So mm-hmm. I thought that was, you know, interesting to have our... <laughs> Our um, concept confirmed, you know, the accepted authority is obviously the positioning to, to be looking to achieve in your target market. And um, really, you know, yeah, it'd be great to talk about you know, how you can demonstrate your expertise um, and be visible to your target market. So you're not, you know, having to compete on a basis that's not the best. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's fascinating, and it seems to it seems to come up all the time when I'm talking to consulting firms, and they all they and almost all of them will talk about that low and slow sales process, which we talked about in episode three. But the idea is that there's always going to be a, a length of time before someone comes to a decision in consulting. We know that it's a it can be a, a long process, so there's I think there's different ways to do it, and like if I look at how we demonstrate our expertise, the the obvious thing is through is through content, but also um, through experiences. So, for example, this is content, but it can also be an experience as podcast because someone might listen to it and then and then sort of have a conversation with someone else, or it could be a um, mm. like a webinar or a live stream or whatever you decide to do in your firm. I think for me, demonstrating your expertise is all about identifying those main problems and then and then showing it and then showing how you would solve it. And, and a great a great example that I saw of this was a uh, a person I follow on LinkedIn. She's a, a content marketer, Erin, and she collaborated with this uh, with this other content marketer, and they called it the Cutting Room, mm-hmm. where people were encouraged to submit their pieces of marketing material and they would basically review it live and I thought what a great way to demonstrate 
demonstrate your expertise in that particular space. Mm. So, yeah, so how, so how can you do it? How can consulting firms, whether in finance or HR or technology or operations, mm. I guess, yeah, consider how can you get your potential customers on a, in an experience yeah. that enables you to show your expertise but in a way that also validates that you are the right person. I mean, mm. yeah. Oh, I think there's or the reality is that most firms get this very wrong. Mm. And I think you know, what I see with most firms' websites is they're, you know, they're understanding that expertise and experience is important. So they make claims, you know, like we've been in business for 75 years and, and you know, we've got, you know, combined uh, um, experience of 400 years amongst the partners, you know, all of that, you know, and their qualifications, you know, all of that's nice to have, but it actually doesn't mean anything to the clients. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, what, you know, well, I go back to um, Stephen Covey, you know, seven habits, you know, it's more important to understand than to try to be understood. And, you know, I think for, for consultants, the, the best and simplest way to demonstrate your expertise is to actually show that you understand your client uh, and understand their problems. Um, you know, that, that's half the battle. Uh, and I think where a lot of consultants come unstuck is that they, you know, talk about their services. They, you know, they, they talk in jargon a lot of the time and uh, it goes over the head of their clients. You know, they, you know, what's, normal day daily speak to consultants in you know the way they approach their services and, and you know roll out their solutions um you know there's a, often a lot of jargon that we understand and acronyms that you know we run run by and you know understand but the consultant doesn't get it <laughs> and so if we're talking over the head of our clients um I say consultant, yeah, clients don't get it. <laughs> um, yeah, if we're talking over the head of our clients, then they just think we don't understand them. Um, so you know, when it comes to content, which is you know, the, the way to address that, that situation by producing content, whether that's on our blog or a podcast like this or videos or ebooks or whatever it might be, um, the most important thing is to show that you understand the client's problems first before you even talk about services or solutions. Um, so really addressing or having content that is focused on the client's problems, I think, is the thing that gets the most attention and probably proves um, your expertise to more, um, you know, a greater degree than anything else. I've, I've, I've also seen that. Greg, in terms of, of the sales process. So once mm. when you when you talked about the idea of, of, of basically listening rather than telling. Yes. Mm -hmm. So just from a, a personal perspective, uh, I, I've changed my sales process this year. And previously I had a whole bunch of different questions and they were fairly sort of general. And but what I've done now is if there's someone who is my ideal sort of perfect future client, then I tell them up front, this is really about if or how I might be able to help you, if I can help. Mm. We'll book another call to go through it in, in more detail. 
if I if I can't help, then I'll let you know. And then it's essentially it's like a triage process. Mm-hmm. So you're not actually to, by doing that, the the prospect feels like, well, they're not here to, to sell me and, and just shove a product down my throat. Mm-hmm. They're trying to f- figure out whether I'm the right for, for them. And I feel like that that's changed the game for me. And mm-hmm. when when I talk to clients and I ask about their sales process as part of that positioning, which you don't often think mm-hmm. is further down the line, mm-hmm. but that can be where you can make some easy wins if you just mm-hmm. simply flip the way that you're engaging with these prospects. Yeah. And it does start with the content, but I think if you can think about that 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 flow mm. all the way in terms of your, your your engagement process, I think that you're going to get better quality clients and mm-hmm. the clients that do come on are going to actually value value yeah. your expertise because you're professionally helping someone to make a decision because that's what consulting is about, right? Absolutely <laughs> correct. And that is the name of the game in the sales process. And, yeah. you know, I've in fact had two conversations with different clients this week about their sales process. And, you know, and the reason for that is I see frequently, you know, the biggest um, mistake consultants make when they're in the sales process when they're asking the right questions and they're asking you know what what's your biggest problem or biggest challenge and the client tells them what their challenge is and they immediately jump on say I can solve that problem for you and uh, all of a sudden you get the situation where you're building rapport you're building trust you know people are starting to understand that you know what you're talking about but all of a sudden you start selling and Mm -hmm. that creates immediate resistance from the client and um, you know they you know they start to ask you questions that you don't really want to be asked because you've actually changed the dynamics of the, the process. Yes. And um, you know the the questions that you know consultants don't want to be asked really are things like, you know, where have you done this before? Um, you know, how long have you been doing this work? <laughs> Can you tell me about the results you've achieved for other companies or other clients? Um, can I speak with a couple of the clients that you've done this work for? You know, those sort of questions are like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, we can probably answer those, but they actually take the, the um, power away from us in the negotiation or in that sales process. You know, we're no longer in control of the process because we've started to sell and we've created resistance in the, yes. the you know, the mind of the buyer. And uh, yes. so they want proof. You know, they want the proof of our expertise. They want to know, can we deliver the goods? So, but because mm. of our, the fault in our process where we switched to sales mode, We've actually switched them into buyer mode and, and they're asking us to prove those things in, in the wrong way. And, and really it's our content that bridges that gap with all of those questions which are legitimate questions that the client needs answered. But with our content, you know, if we del- well, demonstrate our expertise with our content and our education process before we get into that sales call and then follow the right structure of you know diagnosis triage in our sales call um, we circumvent the need for the clients to ask those questions and yes. uh, you know because they already have 
answer them because our content will answer them if we've constructed our content in the right way as well. Yes, and I think so. There's a couple of things there. One is is the you know how to be a how to be a consultant from a, an education point of view. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that really comes to mind. So, and then the other part is actually then the the strategy around that content. So, a, a quick story around how you can do how you can add value as a consultant without like at the very early stage. And again, an example, uh, one of uh, a great friend of mine, George. He um, he's a marketing consultant and I sort of met him through some contacts and I uh, he you know he built some rapport in us really for anything it was just you know got to know me a little bit and mm-hmm. I remember I was having a specific challenge around a process and he said oh look I've got something that might be interested like it might help you solve it and it solved it exactly mm. and it was not not much effort on his part but it was a it was a tool and yep. based off that conversation, I, the the esteem that I put him in in terms of the expertise mm. just shot right up there, and it, and it got me to sort of thinking. Well, the more you you know, the more you can do that um, by actually almost starting off with that value piece, mm. that value tool, yeah. or that experience that gets people that moves them from somewhere to somewhere else. Mm. That's almost like the first step. Yes, we can. I'm, I'm, as, as you know, we're, we're all a fan here on the Accepted Authority podcast of getting that consistency in terms of your content engine around mm. you know, your your articles and your posts and your ebooks and your videos and those sorts of things. And then I think there's a space and time to be able to then offer a tool to solve a specific mm-hmm. problem. Yeah. And so I think, again, you know, it's all about, we go back to the idea of who's your perfect client, but then What's like? What's the number one challenge that they're having? And then, how can you design something, a tool, an experience that will help solve them? And then watch how the dynamic changes because you're, they feel like, wow, they've really thought of me. Mm. Um, but it's not much effort on your behalf because you've already done the work to get to that point. That's right. Yeah. Or, or if you can't provide a tool as such like that. Um, a good alternative is to provide a self-assessment process. Yes, I love it. I love the self-assessment. And and if you construct the self-assessment process right, what you're doing is actually educating your client in a couple of different ways. First of all, they understand where they are in a hierarchy of you know, sort of zero to best practice. And um, you know, so they can say, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm at level two or level three or you know, so they can say, yeah, that's me. But also it shows them what, you know, the best practice level looks like. Mm-hmm. And and ideally they would desire to be at that level. So, you know, they can use that tool or that self-assessment as, and for the consultant, it's a great way to introduce your own um, expertise because you wouldn't be showing them that tool if you weren't, you know, looking to help them get to best practice level. Um, so I think that's yes. a really valuable um, approach to take as well in our marketing. And I think if we just pause there for a second, Greg, because you've touched on something really powerful. What we're, I guess the, 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 what we're trying to do there is we're trying to exacerbate the gap, aren't we? We're trying to mm-hmm. highlight the, the real need in the, yep. someone's mind. And it can be simple as, as you mentioned, where do you want to be? Mm-hmm future state where are you now reality yep. mm-hmm. and then if you ask if you kind of 
are able to figure out, get them to your prospect to sort of talk to talk about those two things, then you highlight that gap. And yep. the, the, I think, yeah, I love the idea of the self-assessment, which can be really simple. And it a great a great example that I, I, I came across is the, uh, the 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 team over at um, Dent. Mm. And they they provided a tool uh, here of the uh, the KPI book theme, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a tool that spits out where you are. In the, they've got these five different areas, and mm. it spits you out and it says, "Look, this is where you could be. This is where you are. This is the best practice." And I know that Greg, you've got a you've got some great tools as well. You know the evolution of consulting firms. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we could do, I think, in the show notes is showcase some of these examples, so you get to see. What do we mean by a really good tool, and yep. how can you maybe use it for inspiration That's to right. your business? Yeah, and you know, perhaps finally, another good way to demonstrate expertise in a very concise manner is to use a, a visual model, you know, yeah. a, a diagram of the the process, or you know, turn that self assessment into a, a diagram that people can easily. You know, very quickly pinpoint, oh, yeah, which level am I? Um, so, you know, the, the best, most famous consulting companies in the world are experts at that, you know, Boston Consulting Group, their Boston you know, Matrix, um, McKinsey's 7S uh, model. You know, there's you know, numerous ones that I could rattle off, but, uh, you know, most of the top consulting companies in the world have their own proprietary model that they use um so you know having a model is a, a good yes. model to to um, to copy um yes and that could I, I think that there's enough meat in that topic to do a, a show on that i, I reckon mm. if um if you feel that that's the, the same thing Greg, because to sure. me mod, the model is is exactly i've been experimenting with models i love a triangle Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So, uh, uh, but that's made all the difference to me when I, when it comes to explaining a concept or a theory. So, uh, perhaps we could do a, an episode on models, and again, it just ties in with the idea of you know demonstrating your expertise. Yeah, absolutely. I think that'd be great. Mm. So, I reckon in terms of, I guess, what we took from that is you, to get that growth, consistent growth, that that fast growth. It's you know somehow need to demonstrate your expertise. We talked about some different ways to do it. We just touched on things like models and content and also how do we integrate that in the sales process. It's really about the kinds of flipping the script around the questions that we're asking and really listening before we go to, to solution mode. Anything I missed, Greg, or you reckon we covered the main Oh, I, I think that's uh, pretty good. You know, I think the danger, you know, to avoid is, you know, don't try to sell, uh, yeah. but try to demonstrate your expertise and do that in a way that is, the consultant uh, providing opportunities for the client to realise your level of expertise rather than you shoving it down their throat. Yeah, because no one wants that. Yeah. I don't want it. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure you don't want one that as well if you're, uh, if you're watching or you're listening. So thanks again. This, that's, this has been the Accepted Authority podcast. Uh, Greg Roworth, where can we find you? Um, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, just search Greg Roworth on LinkedIn and you'll find me. Otherwise, uh, go to my website at businessflightpath.com. And I'm at Andy Marmont on LinkedIn or it's concurve.com.au. Thanks again. We'll see you next time. Bye.